Kirby Smart signs a massive extension. Georgia wraps up SEC Media Days in Atlanta. And Jamal Jarrett is the newest commit to the Bulldogs. All this and more coming up next. I'm Cheeto. With me, as always, is Keegan Chanel. Dog Nation, welcome back to another episode of Dogs Off the Leash. So Keegan, just as we were saying, it's we're in the heart of the off season. Really, the last few days of July, hopping into August, those really turn into the dog days of summer. But UGA has been in the news, and for all the right reasons. And breaking today, uh, the twenty first, Thursday, Kirby has now extended his contract to two thousand thirty one, a ten year deal worth. $112.5 million, making him the highest paid coach in the sport in college football. I even saw somebody mentioning that he is the second highest paid coach in all football, I think behind Bill Belichick. I, I don't know if that's accurate or not, but like, again, dude just got paid. Dude just got the bag. Uh, instant, instant feedback. What, what are your thoughts on that? Man, what's crazy is, is if you look down the line on how this thing is going, as awesome as it is and much deserved for Kirby, I think it's just great. It kind of solidifies Kirby moving forward. I don't know if he would ever really want to do another job, but I think, you know, the way he talks about recruiting hard on the road, uh, kind of gassing him, like, you know, maybe eventually he retires sooner than later as far as a head coaching career just because of the amount of, like, drain on it. So to be able to Lockdown Kirby is amazing, but my first instant reaction is almost that we got a steal, is, even though it sounds kind of counterintuitive. Like, they locked in some numbers to go up. So year to year, you know, you kind of account for inflation. You kind of look at uh, the, the trend of paying players and, ask, you know, coaches. Like, everyone's getting paid more and TV more and more deals. as time goes on. Yeah, mega conferences. Yeah. So, you know, like, there's a good chance. As great as this is, and I'm happy for Kirby, and I think it just sends a good message to the fan base. It gets Kirby paid. It kind of puts him on par with the other elites, uh, puts him a little bit ahead. You know, it's just this, like, one big, like, leapfrog game, it seems like, with the highest paid, whoever it is, like, year to year. Yeah, but, it always changes. You know, but with that said, I think it's just a good thing for the program, walking down recruiting. And honestly, I would not be surprised if in three, four years, because, uh, I don't know, Mel Tucker signed, uh, you know, a contract to be the new coach for Florida after they need a new coach. So, you know, so someone's going to get paid again and become the highest paid coach in football in a few years. And I wouldn't be surprised if at that point in time, if Kirby's sustaining the success, they renegotiate again. So I think it's a, a kind of a, a great moment and an awesome accomplishment for Kirby to, you know, anytime you can be on top of your field, whatever it is, it's a great thing. And I think uh, kudos to him. He's earned it and wouldn't be surprised if he's the highest paid coach again in 
three or four years after he's like you know number three or four again so yeah so, I, com- I completely agree i think kirby so has so. earned it since he stepped on campus here um a lot of people when we had the opportunity to hire kirby myself included a lot of people really wanted it felt natural it felt like that's what georgia needed a new voice somebody who's proven somebody who's done it at the highest level and kirby has come in and done if not that i mean that's that's all he's done you hear him talking and we'll get to sec media days right after this as soon as he signs this contract next thing he says uh, i'm grateful to be here at the university of georgia for the support we've done a lot of good things but the best is yet to come that's the thing i love about kirby he really doesn't he's not distracted by a lot of noise he, he knows what's important um and most significantly he knows what's not he we never have to worry about the university of georgia as a team because the captain is focused on what we need to be focused on. So um, well-deserved. And, and I know he, I know he's not finished. I know he's going right back to work, right back to recruiting, right back to getting ready for the season. Like, you don't have to worry about that with Kirby. So um, love the security for the school, for the commits, for the uh, empl- uh, the rest of the coaching staff. Great day, for, great day to be a Georgia Bulldog, no doubt. Love that, dude. I think when we started the podcast, it was a big – you know, push of just enthusiasm and hype for what Kirby was to bring and our belief in Kirby. And to lock down this contract now, I think speaks volumes to like what he's actually been able to accomplish. And the, the thing I really think about here is that Kirby is hitting a stride into his Maybe like, you know, his prime years, you know, really like I think it takes a while. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been coaching for a while, but it's a it's a different animal coaching uh, at the college level. And the landscape's always kind of shifting, changing. But he's shown adaptability, which is like one of the biggest skill sets you can have is being able to you know have your strengths. But then to you know what you're not good at, change it up. And I think he's doing that at a high level. Uh bringing in this kind of high-powered offense he's, he's kind of established uh, underneath him as the head coach. And I think th- this, you know, it's a 10-year contract. I say I, I damn near want to say all 10 of those would be prime years, but I think at least five of those might be, you know, the prime of his coaching career. I mean, he's just at that age. He's, he's at what I would want to think of as like Nick Saban territory. You know, Nick Saban is in the 60s, and, you know, he probably became – became the head coach of Alabama and his, you know, what, when did he, what, 07? Yeah. Like, so, like 06, 07, I want to say. So. so, so yeah. So if it was, let's say it's 06, you know, just give the benefit of the doubt, 16 years. He's like, it like he's at least like 64, 63, at least. Kirby's prime may um, have even started a little bit earlier, to be honest, if you look at it that way, he may be a little younger well, and had the success before Saban well, maybe, really started. Well, maybe so. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, it's, it's, uh, I guess prime is kind of subjective, right? It, you know, yeah, for sure. For sure for say sure. LeBron's in his prime, especially when it's not your athletic prime. <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, it's, it's a more, different. I guess it's right, different. Depending yeah, on I don't, the program, I, coaching, coaching prime is has Way a bigger different. belly. And, <laughs> <associated> <laughs> yeah, but no pun, I, if you no just, pun intended. But if you just well, if you just compare it to Nick Saban's coaching career, now he became a head coach. Uh, he was a young guy too when he started coaching. I guess like Kansas or Michigan State, one of those schools. Yeah, he, you're right. Yeah. You know, he was a young guy as well, but when he, you know, he kind of really came into his own as an older, you know, in his 40-year-old kind of guy, like about what the age Kirby is now. So, uh, you know, I think, you know, if you want to last a long time, you got to get in good shape in any any field that helps, the, you know, have a personal trainer. So I'd like to see that uh, that belly shrink for the sake of 
dog nation and the health of our uh, HC. But, you know, I think Kirby's hitting his stride and I think he's in his prime. It just really excites me. And I, you know, standing behind that three, I think it's a three championship minimum. I would be, you know, I, I think that's a big number. That's craziness. But also, you know, it's like you just look at what Kirby's doing. We're, we're fresh off the media days. And, you know, he said it best. It's like we we didn't build this thing to be a one year, one opportunity, one hurt player, one one anything, one star player. Uh no recruit, no one coach. I mean, this thing has been built to to sustain success, and that's exciting as a fan. And uh, we we got them locked down for for some more years. But I know a big part of that success is going to be the recruiting. And we did just take an L. Cheeto, do you want to get into this? Uh, I'm I won't say it's devastating news, but uh, you know, slightly disappointed. We had a a young gun. Deny, deny us at the goal line. Yeah, Justin's hand, just Justice Haynes decided he was going to go to Alabama. Um, listen, there are other programs out there. He was a legacy and a running back. This is running back you. Um, so a lot of people were expecting him to come here since his dad was a damn good dog. Um, but that's okay. You know, these kids, they want to build a path of their own. Sometimes it's because your dad and because you've always been affiliated with the school, you want to separate yourself. I don't think it's any disrespect to the University of Georgia. I just think he saw maybe a path to earlier playing time. Alabama has its own. They have their own track record of having great running backs just like us. Our running back room is full. Who's to say what it is? Um, good luck to him. Um, hopefully we don't have to bust his head one day, but we're probably going to have to. My concern now is that he's been linked heavily to Caleb Downs, uh, the number one player in the state of Georgia, um, and he is now set to make his commitment next week. So if it turns out that him and Caleb Downs and Justice end up going to Alabama, that's much more of a loss in my eyes than just one four-star running back that was supposed to come here. We're not hurting for any for position. Sure. So again, like it'd be different if we, it was the Georgia back in the Mark Rick days. Like that would be a, a big loss. These days, man, like we're good regardless. It'd just be nice to you know, get that number one class or that number two class. If we get number three and number four again, bro, like you, like you were just saying, Kirby said at SEC media days, we're built for the long run. And I want to go ahead and take that time, take time now to segue into SEC media days, because we have a lot of topics to cover. And I wanted you to kind of, uh, Keegan, just kind of tell me which topics most intrigued you. I focus really on what Kirby said, because again, he's the captain of this ship and I'm always watching like, the every year he has a message that he wants to put out so um the biggest for me was that now that we're national championships or national champions excuse me how do you feel like you know about repeated about being the hunted now and just with a straight face kirby sits up there and says we will not be hunted and again this goes back to why i love having kirby being the leader of my program he he gets it he focuses on the right things and does not worry about the things that do not matter. Doesn't phase him. He doesn't care about it. Um, but yeah, Keegan, for you, what were some things that he said during his uh, time at SEC Media Days that really stood out? I feel like Kirby just coming in and saying, like, you know, these guys before you, you know, the biggest question he said he was asked all over, so 50 times he's been asked about, how, you know, are his play, are, is he worried about his players becoming complacent? And he's like, well, you know, to be honest, it's a it's a different group. A lot of guys 
are looking to, you know, improve upon what they did accomplish last year. A lot of guys are looking to not just be a replacement, but be the guy. A lot of guys are, you know, trying to get their name heard, get on the field. Like they're, it's not the same team. And that's like one of the biggest things, biggest differences between you know, college and pro sports is like, you got like really more turnover year to year because you're losing seniors, you're losing players to the pros. You're also losing transfers to other opponents, other teams, uh, you know, losing people to injury. So year to year, the team is constantly shifting, changing. And, and I think it just speaks to, Kirby, you know, that's just a winner's mindset. You that's, know? A, that's a winner's it's, mentality. You know, it's a short memory. You you bask in it and then you move on and you get ready for the next one. It's, uh, I don't think, uh, Kirby's not complacent. Uh, he's not letting his players be complacent. And I think that's the biggest thing, you know, like if anything, the fans got to be hungry for it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. If anybody's going to be complacent, it's going to be the fans. Yeah, you know, we get boosters. so riled up. He's just coaching yeah. the guys that are going to be here. He says that all the time, and I love that. Yeah, exactly. So I, I trust Kirby. You know, he's getting paid to not be complacent and act like he got. He didn't get a raise to be complacent. You know what I mean? That, <laughs> you better believe it. He knows any, anybody. Yeah, exactly. Anybody who's ever gotten a raise, you know the pressure's on. Like it, it's all fun and games, but that means a little bit more work, a little bit more. You can't. You can't you go know, backwards. You can't get a. Me. You can't get a hundred ten mil and go backwards. <laughs> it's yeah, not. Exactly. Yeah. It's not gonna work like that. But again, seven and five ain't gonna work. Like you know, right. like that ain't gonna fly. So yeah, I think overall that was just the biggest thing for me, and just enjoying you know the personalities of uh of the of the dudes, of Stetson, and Nolan, and Cedric all uh just giving me little giggles, you know, it's just fun to get to know some of the players it was like nice. that. And uh, yeah, and we got a good, we got a good group, good personalities. A couple else. a couple we, things as well that stuck, uh, stuck out. And I want to get your opinion just about what Kirby said about his NIL, uh, those comments, because those are kind of circulating, especially now that he got paid. It's going to kind of highlight that conversation. But before that, um, a couple other things that he did talk about was the uh, progress of some injured players, um, Tate Ratledge coming off the injuries, some of the guys that had shoulder surgery in the offseason. But more importantly, in my opinion, Arik Gilbert and kind of how he's coming along since he's transferred from LSU, took the season off to address some issues, personal issues. Um, sounds like there are some academics in there as well, maybe some family. We don't know what it is. And Kirby did well just to support him and not make it a big story, even though everybody's trying to find out. But Arik Gilbert... Um, come to this program we've talked about this in other podcasts <laughs> and some some of the people at SEC media some of the the color or color commentators or whatever had asked or mentioning what our defense is going to do if UGA decides to come out in 13 personnel 14 or 15 and for those who may not be super familiar those are like heavy tight end packages one two three or all tight ends like we could do that and you know, it's just a nightmare for linebackers or DBs or a defensive coordinator to decide who's putting out there. If you have four tight ends, do you bring in another DB and get the ball ran down your throat and just get blocked by bigger? Because these are essentially wide receivers and, I mean, just tight end crazy bodies, right? Or do you bring in linebackers, Brock Bowers, and all these guys will run linebackers off the field? So I think it's kind of – you kind of see the, the, the train coming down the tracks. You know Stetson Bennett knows what he has in the tight end room. You know Todd Munkin knows what he has in the tight end room. And you know we're going to exploit it because it's such a, it's such a unique 
thing that we have. We have we have the best tight end room in the country. It's not even debatable if you ask me. And then on the field to try to defend that, like good luck, good luck. And that really stuck out to me in conversation. And I'm sure we'll be talking about that again in future podcasts. So um, Stetson Bennett was brought up, kind of his numbers, the disrespect. We've heard that since since he beat out JT Daniels. I'll be the first to say that I wanted JT Daniels to be the quarterback because he has more upside, but Stetson has proved his worth. Um, QBR numbers, 86.7 last year, which is second only to Aaron, Mur- Aaron Murray's 88.1 back in 2013. So I think that conversation's finished. Stetson's the guy, as, as for now, he's earned it. So let's just ride that wave. And then, like I said, NIL, Keegan, how do you feel about Kirby's comments in particular about how NIL is being used to kind of get kids to come to schools? Like, do we need more parameters? Should we just abandon altogether? Where are your thoughts on Kirby's comments on the, on the subject? Well, yeah, it seems like he's maybe more so neutral, uh, maybe not against or for, but maybe just a little bit of concern. I mean, I know Kirby's talked about, you know, setting more limitations, having a little bit better grip on the regulatory aspects of it. But he's also spoken to a lot of the positives. You know, he mentioned that 95 guys, <laughs> including non-scholarship athletes at the University of Georgia right now, have NIL deals. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, he mentioned uh, a couple of players like Dan Jackson is able to, you know, pay his, his NIL, deal, NIL deal, even even though he's not on scholarship you know, has covered his, his college expenses. There was another player that had a uh, sick family member with like leukemia yeah, or something. dialysis or something was going yeah, on. Dialysis. Yeah, dialysis. Thank you. That's what it was. Um, and, you know, there's there's benefits he sees too. And I think he, he realizes that it's going to change the landscape. And, you know, the worry is what all of us worry is just, you know, will the will teams just buy all the players? Will there be corruption? Will these kids actually – get the money they're promised are they gonna you know or is this just gonna uh, be college free agency every year all year just a bidding war yeah all all of that and above so i think you know kirby's just kind of walking that fine line but he's also you know trying to stay apart you know keep it going so you can't really you know rest on your laurels and say you're not going to do nil when the landscape is changing like as it is you gotta adjust I think I think he sees that part of it, and I think he that's what he speaks to. He's probably would he prefer the old days when you know football mattered you know, the when, most? It, when it was easier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I think they're recruiting the kind of old, more old school mentality. They don't want a bunch of players just chasing the dollar. They want players chasing chasing development, hard work, and you know, winning team team attitude overall. And a bunch of those guys will get paid, and you know, even the most people on the team even though you know we're all equal in the eyes of god but just someone... always about football at the end of the day too let's just you know yeah. keep it above yeah so it's just like you know some some of us uh you know even the ones that don't see the field you know it's just like you know even those guys are getting nil deals so it's all good uh i one thing that i look at is because it is a changing landscape and because you know you know tennessee had some on-field success but they're also uh, you know, a prime example of a program that can really go further with NIL. Uh, same with Miami, same with Texas. Like a lot of these programs are on the up and up with their coaching staff, with their on-field performance. But like, where's like the Cincinnati uh, NIL deal? Like where's the, 
you know, some of these, where's the big Arkansas deals? Like I know they're probably, I know the Walmart people are out there, so maybe, but <laughs> well, I'm just saying like, you know, there's, there is some rapid improvement of recruiting rankings. You can just watch it happen in real time. So for me, you, I mean, you look at Alabama and I think they were in like the teens last I checked. Yeah. They might've moved up. But, right, right, right. You know, that is, that's unheard of. That hasn't happened since Nick Saban was about to come into town and accept that coaching role. So, uh, and you know, we've been lower down. We're number six and like whenever does a, a very popular, well-recruited, highly talented uh, school and, you know, a highly talented area coming off a national championship go for six. So like, I don't think if we stay at six, that's a win. I mean, I think it's okay. And I know, I know we get our guys, we get the guys we want. So overall, I'm not worried about like personnel fit. And, and we shouldn't be. Because if, if you look yeah. closely, like our, our average recruit ranking is fairly higher than a lot of people above us, but they simply have more recruits. So the scoring system and, and you know, like people get worked right. up, like we're not like chill. Right. A lot of work yeah, to do. Exactly. It'll it'll work itself out, and you'll see well, the quality versus the quantity. You'll see it. Yeah, exactly. All that. So I, I think of all that, all those kind of little asterisks, and that to me that says a top five finish is a victory. So if we move up one spot and just hold that down, I think that's a victory. Moving into this nil area era, because really it's about maintaining success. So you got to think we got, you know, guys on our team now that are going to be that are star studded bench warmers <laughs> that are going to be the senior class in a few years to come. So if we can just like kind of uh, set a precedent in this NIL era that we're not just going to get bought out and it, it's not going to, all the success isn't going to matter anymore. You know, I think if we can just hold our own, keep putting out NFL talent. At the end of the day, if it's about a paycheck, you know, players are going to see that the team, you know, consistently putting out the most pro prospects and got you know when your backups are signing you know when a guy like john fitzpatrick you know great player but he's like what second third fourth string tied in depending on the day like this you know it's at different times but he got drafted by the falcons because at the end of the day you know the the development the 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 tape uh all these things kind of go further than just like your name recognition. And, and these kids have to realize that dude, NFL payday yeah. is much better than this little NIL money that you're going to get. Like, that's cool. Your girlfriend's going to love it. But when she, when you done with her and you on to the league and you got that real NFL money, like have some perspective. I know it's hard, but like you go where you're going to get developed. The money will come. The money will exactly. come. Look at Georgia's draft. Look at Georgia's past two, three drafts. Quay, Channing Tindall and Quay Walker are not better than the Kobe Dean. I don't care what anybody they're, – they're not better linebackers. They got drafted because they put in the work, the physical attributes, and they've, they've got tape on tape on tape on tape. It's nuts. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, yeah. Good. And, and, no, just um, to wrap up the NIL, while as we're speaking on uh, recruits, I was going to shift over to the Jamal Jarrett. Uh, committing to Georgia, but if you had something that you wanted to finish up NIL, go ahead and hit that. Yeah, just, you know, saying that we want to start strong in this era, and I think if we can get a top five finish, that's a big victory, and if we can get top three again, which is kind of like the level we've been can, can, you know, recruiting at consistently, uh, if we hit that top three mark, then I really feel like that is a like a magnificent victory, like a major, major win for us moving forward, especially if Alabama finishes like ninth. 
<laughs> because we we're more like Alabama than uh, than we'd want to admit in this regard. Like the you know Ohio State, it might be finishing third or fourth every year, <laughs> but they're number one in, in you know like NIL market. So you know to be able to compete on those terms as well, which is what pro teams have to do. You know we're looking at a pro element in the amateur league essentially. So same kind of thing, you know, you can be L.A. and spend all the money, but that doesn't mean that, I mean, the Hawks won't make a run or something if you put, if you put together the same pieces. So nothing is, you know, you still got to go out there and play the games. And uh, th this offseason is all about talk. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see if what happens on the field. And I'm excited for this team and I'm excited, uh, you know, for this next two-week period of recruiting. I know you're about to get into some of that. I think we got a solid, without naming names, like 15 people that are highly touted dudes interested in Georgia, mutual interest from the university, guys that could, you know, we could go all the way to number one if we if we hit it right, right? So we have plenty of potential left. Uh, a lot of, you know, it's not like the, uh, you know, despite losing on, uh, you know, Haynes and the Manning chapter, you know, the, the deal is not done. Georgia could still finish with the number one class. It's, that is a long shot, but it's still in the cards because there's so many people that still haven't signed that Georgia's interested in and uh, that will lead us into recruiting. So, Yeah, and it's always nice to have the number one recruiting class, especially when you're out recruiting uh, the likes of Bama, the likes of other teams in the SEC East, which is what you want to do. You want to out recruit. Sometimes getting a recruit is just about keeping him away from your rivals um but these kids are gonna have to decide you know is it money is it starting early or is it development and jamal jarrett decided um i want to say it was just yesterday that or maybe two days ago now that he wanted development four star out of four star defensive tackle out of greensboro greensboro north carolina there's no way anyone can convince me that he doesn't watch or pay attention to the career of another massive North Carolina defensive tackle in Jordan Davis, a three-star. Again, we talk about development. It's not just about the money that you can get at UGA or starting right away. Jordan Davis had to take his time, learn his craft, get in a decent shape to play, and still deals with that. But another massive defensive tackle who, who saw the blueprint and came to Georgia because he believes that Trey Scott, the D-line coach, and Kirby Smart – and the defensive coordinators can do the same thing with him as they did with Jordan Davis. He's, I want to say smaller. That's very relative. He's 6'5 plus, 330 plus, and he is going to clog up the middle of the defensive line at UGA for years to come. Chose UGA over Auburn and his home state, North Carolina. Uh, if you watched his, his uh, commitment ceremony thing, he, he pulled the pump fake on North Carolina said he appreciates everything that they do, but said Georgia was home. And, and again, these are the kids that we want. No disrespect to Arch Manning, no disrespect to Justice Haynes. Texas, Alabama, huge programs. Your future, they're, they're going to be great players. They're going to go to the NFL. But here at UGA, I think everyone in the nation can see that we're building something different. And I think Jamal Jarrett agreed. Um, I don't know if you saw any tape on him or have any thoughts about him, but I think it's clear to say he, he saw the Jordan Davis uh, the projection and thinks that he can do the exact same thing. 
Well, dude is just a beast. I've seen him listed 6'6", 350. So, I mean, that just goes to show who knows what, how big this guy is. He's a monster. I mean, I mean, there's a picture of him uh, next to Jordan Davis, and he's, like, you know, standing over him. So, Okay. He's definitely like that. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know if it was on a in a hill <laughs> or what. You <laughs> Maybe know what like I'm a saying? little decline, a little decline. Yeah, I, don't know if, I don't know if Jordan was doing a little pipsy squat, you know, just to, right, make him feel good. Some, yeah, you, you know, get some confidence or something. But yeah, dude is just a straight beast, and honestly, you know, that's the recipe. Uh, Bowles, the dude we got the other day, he's you know he's Nicobe Dean. You know, it's like yes. uh, you know if you, you can't like these guys are way more than their physical bodies and their tape. Like they're, they're leaders and developed men. So, uh, with more development, with more development to come. That's the, that's the best part. Yeah. Well, I'm saying, uh, you know, the guys were replacing, the guys are replacing is what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You know, they're, they're not just, Oh, we got a guy that's six six three fifty. Like, man, I got guys in my high school that were six six three fifty. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, they were five-star tuba players, not five-star defensive linemen. Absolutely. You know, so it's not just to say that, uh, you know, one is the other. It's not. But this dude is, you know, it seems like a solid cat. Uh, we're getting the right character guys, and we are getting the physical intangibles as well. So, Facts. You know, it's, it's a full it's a full spectrum picture here at Georgia. And I'm excited, man. I, I know Kirby knows what he likes. And anytime Kirby's licking his chop, uh, it's, it's an amazing thing. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you're, you're hundred percent on that. And again, it just goes to show, you know, we lose the justice Haynes. We snatch up a four-star D tackle. We lose an arch Manning. We snatch up a, a, a generational linebacker to go with the, our other three linebackers that in itself, our run defense <laughs> for the next three, four five years, like, you know how we killed it this year. We set ourselves up in the future, three linebackers inside D tackle, like, we're good to go. And then last but not least, I did also want to mention another recruit. No commitments here or no transfers, anything like that. But I hadn't heard this before today. And then I kind of saw the news on Twitter. Uh, a dude at work who actually I talked to him about football all the time. He's a Florida fan, though. I, I know. Don't don't shoot the messenger. But he came up to me and he was like, um, hey, have you heard about uh, that Jaheim Singletary uh, guy, that DB that y'all have? I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, uh, there's been some rumblings apparently that he's unhappy at Georgia and he's thinking about transferring. He's from Florida. Florida missed out on him. So, you know, when I heard, I hadn't heard anything. I told him that, but like that would be a huge loss for us, even though our DB room is stacked to the brim. I was, you know, doing my normal rounds on Twitter today after Kirby's contract extension came out and I saw where Jaheim Singletary had also heard these rumors that he was unhappy at UGA and was thinking about going to Florida. And he was like, essentially like, all cap, all cap. If you don't hear it from all me, cap. if you don't hear it from me, don't believe, don't believe none of that. Go dogs, 100%. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. these other teams, like, and again, they're going to try to come and get our players because a lot of our rooms are full. That's just the game. That's just how it's going to go. But uh, yeah, I just thought that was funny because, you know, it's, it's the off season. It's talking season. So that's what people do. But uh, looks like he's good. Georgia's good. It's good to be a, it's good to be a Georgia Bulldog right now. Dog Nation, I hope you can see it. We're not done. We're counting down the days to Oregon UGA, which tickets have now been officially sold out. But listen, I need to know who's coming to tailgate because, you know, I'm going to be out there at Mercedes Benz posted up and, and we're going to kick off this season 
with Chick-fil-A, with a dub, <laughs> just all the things. I, I, I'm, I'm so pumped. I cannot wait. Uh, Keegan, any, any last comments before we wrap this thing up today? Woo, it's been a good week. It's been a good day, man. I can't, can't lie. And, and this train is rolling. You know, championships are, are one in the summer and they're one in the off season. And, you know, it's, uh, we're, we're prepared for another good one. I think that, uh, Georgia stands to, hold on. Hold on. Georgia stands to, <laughs> uh, you know, link, lengthen its, uh, level of supremacy. And I heard something recently and I'll share this in the podcast. Sometimes you don't need angels. You just need angles. So, for for the recruiting for the recruiting thing, my conclusive uh, my conclusive thought is that we don't necessarily need Arch Manning. We didn't need Bryce Young to win the national championship. We just need an angle. Yeah, yeah. We, I, so all right now, our angle is really good offense and lockdown, amazing, legendary defense. You better believe it. That's that's been our angle. So I mean, I, I expect the offense to to bump it up this year, but so far. That's working here at University of Georgia. And yeah, if, if the offense broke, comes, great. But yeah, if it ain't broke. Don't fix it. We so. found we found what's good for us, and yeah, we got all these departing players. But listen, Kirby, Will Muschamp, Glenn Schumann, Trey Scott, we're in good hands. We've got talented players. Maybe not the most experienced, but that's that's what the summer is going to be for. So, uh, looking forward to uh, the news coming. From this point forward, SEC Media Days is done. That means football season is right around the corner. Fall camp competition that's what this is all about so we will be with you guys as we count down towards the season opener keegan as always man i appreciate you dog nation always a blast until next time you guys know what it is off the leash off the leash i do it for the dogs I don't.